Hi everyone, Brother George here. Welcome back to Bible Made Easy Podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Back in episode 4, I talked about different philosophical and emotional roadblocks many people have to belief in God, which can even derail the faith of believers. At the time, I offered some thoughts on how the existence of evil shouldn't rule out belief in God, and that in fact belief in God helps us handle evil better. In this and the next episode, I'm going to answer the questions, where does evil come from and why does God allow it? I know this can be a highly emotional topic and goes very deep for some people. The effects of moral evils like war, genocide, poverty, oppression and violence, as well as natural evils such as disasters, disease and death, especially of loved ones, children and the young, cut deep and are extremely painful experiences. And I don't blame anyone for wondering where God is in all of that, or why a loving God would allow such things to occur. The comfort in the midst of the pain, the healing balm that takes away the hurt, is that there is an explanation found in the Bible that answers this question, and helps us make sense of evil, and softens the blow of having to experience it. So let's explore the question and get the answers we need. First of all, where did evil come from? Is it God's fault? Did he create it? No, it's not his fault and he didn't create it. After God created the heavens and the earth, including the first two humans, Genesis 1.31 tells us, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. There was nothing corrupt or evil about it whatsoever. The Garden of Eden was a paradise, and Adam and Eve and their descendants could have lived forever in that perfect state uncorrupted by evil. However, among all the created beings were also the angels, and one of them was named Lucifer, otherwise now known as Satan or the devil. Scripture passages Isaiah chapter 14, Ezekiel chapter 28, and Revelation 12, 3-4, tell us that Lucifer was a very high-ranking, stunningly beautiful and powerful angel who wasn't satisfied with his position. Apparently he and the other angels, like humans, had free will. But rather than be content with his blessed position in the heavenly kingdom, Lucifer wanted more. He wanted to be God. But seeing that obviously wasn't possible, By his own free will, he chose to rebel against God and even persuaded one-third of the other angels to join the rebellion. So they were all expelled from heaven. Lucifer and his demons then embarked on a jealousy-driven, ruthless campaign of attempting to corrupt and destroy the beautiful creation of God and to turn humanity against him in an attempt to gain their allegiance to himself. One of their major destructive activities is to entice humans to disobey God. Most people know the story of how he tempted Adam and Eve to disobey, which is told in Genesis chapter 3. You'll find another example in the book of Job, chapters 1 and 2, where the devil actively attempts to turn a wealthy landowner named Job against God. The devil and his demons also began to wreak havoc in the natural realm, as evidenced by the introduction of sickness, death, and natural disasters. 
None of these evils were present in God's original creation. They originated not from him, but from the devil and his demon followers. And they were able to introduce the effects of evil into this world because Adam and Eve allowed them to. By their own free will, they ignored God's warnings and disobeyed. And unfortunately, we continue to allow evil forces to influence us, and so evil continues to affect us to this day. So it's not God's fault. That's not what he intended at all. In fact, it breaks his heart to see what has become of his creation. Now I know that there will be some people who scoff at this explanation of the origins of evil. What? You expect us to believe that fanciful story? To them, I say, why not? Power struggles, sedition, treason and rebellion against authorities have been going on in the human realm for millenniums. Why not in the heavenly realm? And if you discount this biblical explanation as fanciful, then what have you got left? That evil and everything else in the universe is just a product of random natural forces that happen to come into existence? I think that's an even more fanciful story, and worse of all, offers no guarantee of an eventual end to evil like the Bible does. Think of it. If you go down the route of rejection of the biblical explanation, you'll have to resign yourself to perpetual evil. That evil is just the state of nature, and that there's nothing you can do about it. And I covered all that in episode 4, if you want to listen to that. Okay, so we've established that God didn't create evil. So why did he allow Satan to rebel and Adam and Eve to disobey? The answer must be to allow for free will. Now, of course, the downside of creating everyone with free will is that we can choose to do evil. And many of us have chosen to do horrendously evil acts. But that is just the way things have to be because the alternative is not acceptable, at least for now. I'll talk more about free will in part two of this series. But the results of free will have been devastating and painful in many cases. Doesn't God care about these things? If he's all-powerful, why doesn't he put a stop to it all? Well, he does care tremendously about this, and in fact, in his mercy, he has put in place a variety of measures to limit evil within certain parameters to ensure it doesn't get too out of hand, and on occasion has intervened to put a stop to it. The story of Job shows us that God has put certain restrictions on Satan's influence and activities. He limits evil so that we don't all become mass murderers and nature doesn't go completely haywire. Also, God created us all with a conscience, which is his voice in the heart of every human being, whether a believer or not. Because of that, we inherently know that people have value and that it's wrong to kill, hurt or mistreat others. Our consciences tell us that we should help those who are suffering. And by our consciences, we inherently know that we should behave in ways that benefit ourselves and our communities. Yet, in spite of being created with a conscience, Within about 1,500 years of the creation and the disobedience of Adam and Eve, humanity had spiraled into such a depraved state that God felt compelled to wipe the slate clean with the flood. Genesis 6 verses 5 to 6 and 11 describe the situation at the time. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth 
and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually, and the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. The earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. God saw that that generation of humans had become a hopeless case, and that if he had allowed the situation to continue, that humanity would be in a perpetual state of depravity and violence. It grieved him so much, his heart was so heartbroken, that he put a full stop to this ongoing evil generational cycle by ending the earthly lives of almost every human being and sending them on to the next life where they could learn their lessons there. Only Noah and his family survived. God gave them and succeeding generations a second chance. But did that eliminate the cancer of evil thoughts and violence? No. Humanity went straight back to all manner of despicable behaviors such as worshipping false gods, ritualistic human sacrifice, including child sacrifice and even cannibalism in some places, genocide, violence, sexual assault and all manner of sexual perversions, including sex with animals, forced slavery and human trafficking, oppression of the poor, and more. So God went to his next step to combat moral evil. He called out Abraham and instructed him to form a completely new society, which became Israel, a nation that was commanded to be separate from the surrounding nations. Through the prophet Moses, he gave them a strict moral code and firm instructions to avoid the evil behaviors of the other nations. He also promised them that if they obeyed, they would be more protected against natural evil. Israel was designed to be a shining example of a people living in obedience to God, in righteousness, equality, peace and security. Israel was a beautiful success at times, but an utter failure at others, reverting back to the forbidden practices of the surrounding nations. God sent messenger after messenger to plead with them to get back on track, but largely they refused to listen and even killed some of his messengers. Meanwhile, the surrounding nations kept up their wicked behaviors, so God ended up coming here himself in the form of Jesus in order to get personally involved, to show us how to live, and to give us his ultimate commandment that if obeyed, would radically minimize evil behavior, his law of love. And on the cross, he even joined us in our suffering so that he could sympathize with us, and most of all, he offered salvation and eternal relief from all evil. He promised that one day he would return to the earth to finally defeat the forces of evil forever, to punish the devil and other evildoers, and to bring about eternal good. So, one reason God cannot have for allowing evil to continue is that he doesn't care. He cares immensely and has gone to extreme lengths to do something about it without interfering with our free will. Okay, that's all for part one of this series. I'm looking forward to you joining me for part two. Please be sure to hit the follow button to receive notification of new episodes. See you next time. Bye.